My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, and I'll be your Janet to save the planet. This month, I'm looking at how my diet impacts the climate and what I can do to lower my footprint. I already talked about the outsized role that meat plays in our carbon food print, as well as the smaller but still significant role of local seasonal produce. I challenged myself this week to cook one new type of seasonal vegetable that I had never cooked with before. How did I do? Well, officially it was a fail. I did not buy a new type of vegetable and thus did not cook a Schwarzwurzel, rutabaga, or any exotic cabbage. But I think this failure may just be a bigger win for the climate. Because what I didn't say last week is I've had a backup of vegetables from the past few weeks. So rather than buy yet more food, I focused on cooking the Hokkaido pumpkin and the sweet potatoes that have been staring me in the face every time I go into my kitchen the last few weeks. Specifically, I made a sort of Sudanese street food free-for-all roasting the pumpkin, sweet potato, and making a nice peanut sauce, and then sending my husband out for hummus, pita, and tomatoes. We made some really nice falafel magali sandwiches that were a big hit. He mentioned several times in between giant mouthfuls that I could make this meal again. And it was really easy, so I don't think that'll be a problem. For the magali, These are usually fried vegetables, but I roasted them. I sliced the pumpkin, sweet potato, and a couple potatoes, slathered them in olive oil, and then sprinkled rosemary, thyme, salt, and pepper on top. I threw a few cloves of garlic onto the baking sheet, one of which I later blended into the peanut sauce, and I left them in about 20 minutes on high heat. I used a packet of falafel that I'd been wanting to try and found a recipe for peanut sauce online that I butchered quite a bit, so I'm not going to share in more detail here. And as I said, it was delicious. My son even helped make the peanut sauce, but because he filled up on apples and yogurt before dinner, again my fault, he didn't partake of the pita. But it was easy enough that this might become a go-to meal for me. And that's the key. I mentioned this a bit last week, but challenging myself to this sort of kitchen challenge really lets sink in the sort of cook that I am. The main thing is I like to eat more than I like to cook. So I eat out several times a week and I prefer to cook things that I can enjoy several meals in a row. Think a quiche or a soup that's better the second day. Sometimes I like to go all out and try a cooking experiment. The last was vegan peanut butter cookies that were to die for. I'll link to the recipe on the blog. But I have more meals to get through than energy to be creative. So something that's really important for me is the go-to meal. Something I can make once a month or so that doesn't take a lot of brain space to execute and that everyone in my house will enjoy. Pizza, quiche, pasta, soup. Those are some of my go-tos. I'm going to share one that I think would lend itself to experimentation with seasonal vegetables, something I hope to try again in the near future. 
It was originally a recipe for carrot soup that I found online probably 10 years ago, but I've played with it enough to turn it into more of a stew, a curry, whatever I need, sometimes by accident. The basic recipe is easy and only needs five ingredients. One onion, about a pound of starch or beans, about a pound of vegetable, vegetable stock, and some oil. For the starch, I usually use red lentils because I don't have to cut them. But originally the recipe called for potatoes, which also work well. For the vegetable, carrots are my go-to, but I've mixed them with sweet potatoes as well to good effect. To make the soup, chop up the onions and saute them in some oil in a soup pot. After they turn golden, add the vegetable stock and the rest of the ingredients and simmer about half an hour. I like to puree everything at the end for creamier texture, but that's up to you. Easy, climate-friendly, and very warming on a cold day. It's good stuff. I'll put in exotic spices and less water to make as a curry with rice, or add coconut milk at the end for a creamier soup. I wanna try this with some different root vegetables, and I will get back to you. So, I didn't test out a new vegetable yet, but the roasted pumpkin was great, and I may even repeat it for Thanksgiving. It was a nice, creamy, mushy texture that I think would be amazing as a pumpkin puree. But even though I failed on the official challenge, I still like to think I came out ahead for the planet by using ingredients I already had rather than going shopping again just for the challenge. What do you think? Should I count this as a win? or a failure. What's giving me hope this week? Last week, I went to a workshop in Magdeburg about sustainability and politics in university education. That means I spent two half days talking to a room full of other people who teach sustainability at the university level, mostly in a political science context. It was a really amazing experience for me because so many of them had the same problems I do in teaching sustainability. Things like how to deal with a topic that is so political in a way that isn't partisan or too activist, but at the same time spurs students to take action. How to keep the material engaging and how to walk the tightrope with depression on one side and disengagement on the other. Sustainability is a really serious topic and I find that when I teach it in a way that's meaningful to me, it really scares the students because it they have to admit we're getting cl- close to the end of the world if we don't act. So to me, the trick is how to keep people motivated to do something while still understanding the scope of the challenge we face. The most important thing that I learned at this workshop, and I think what's giving me the most hope, are the best practices that other teachers shared from their really amazing classes. One best practice that really gave me hope was a master's course that was basically a role play for a state level government focused on climate action and climate adaptation. The two teachers of this class have taught it twice and they're gonna do it again and the experiences that they had with their students really, really touched my heart. Basically, the workshop in general was 
a dozen concentrated hours of inspiration and discussion that left me excited for the next round of students who come my way. Thanks for listening. I recently got a lovely email from Juliana and Celia from the podcast Sauerklaudet, a German language podcast about do-it-yourself and sustainability. After receiving their email, I went straight to their website, sauerklaudet.de, and I loved their blog post about a sustainable advent calendar. It's such a great idea, and I love silly crafts, so to make a silly craft that has 24 tiny little doors with little mini presents is totally up my alley. I'm going to try to make them for my husband and my son when I go back to the junk house, as I think of it, in Niedersachsen next week, because I can't imagine a place more full of random knickknacks and crafting supplies for a fun DIY project. So thank you so much for listening, Jule and Celia, and for giving me a new project. And yes, I can't sign off on this episode on regional seasonal cooking without giving a shout out to your first episode, which is on Sauerkraut and how to make Sauerkraut. I'm going to be testing your recipe in the next few weeks. We'll see how long it takes. I can't. After the failure of this week, I have to admit, I, I, I'm hesitant to, to take on a new challenge for next week. What am I going to do next week? I'm trying to set up a chat with the woman who turned me vegan. Let's see if I make that happen before I have to leave Berlin. Stay tuned. Hey, I need your help. The holiday season is approaching, and with it, countless trips back home or abroad, Feasts of roast beast, both tofu and not, and gift giving that's both naughty and nice. In December, I'm going to talk about gifts. And I want to hear your ideas on how to give and receive gifts that are gentler on the climate. Do you ask for experiences rather than physical presents? Do you make things to give your loved ones? Or do you throw it all overboard and say, no, I'm not going to celebrate any of these materialistic holidays. Leave me a message on Anchor or drop me a line at lisa at myclimatediet.org. I'll feature your ideas and tips all next month. So consider this your gift to me. Thanks. Thanks also to David from Kvens for letting me use his music. And thanks to you too. Since I got back from my summer of house cleaning, I've been humbled by how many people listen to this podcast. This has been a labor of love for me, and I appreciate you giving me a listen. Feel free to drop me a line with your climate tips, things you like or don't, or just a kind word at lisa at myclimatediet.org. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lisa Pettibone. And don't forget to rate My Climate Diet on Apple Podcasts. That makes it easier for others to find me and start their own climate diet. Because if everyone went on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world.